0: And uh, New Zealand, welcome to Izzy and Kemp before breakfast. This is the 22nd of February and yep, that's right. It's Tony Kemp opening up the show this morning because there's no Izzy Dag. He's sleeping down in P-Naughty, Palmerston North, after cruising up there yesterday to do a function. And uh, he hopefully might join us later on this morning. But in the house, i got Robbie and Joe out there in the kitchen. And me and Louie will be running the cutter this morning. And good morning, Louie. How you going, brother?
2: Kimpy, I am, I'm doing super, mate. I am, I'm locked and loaded. I'm fired up for today. It's actually a, a huge Wednesday of sport. I've got, we're in green in solidarity with Bangladesh. Nice. As we support Bangladesh against South Africa. I am, um, yeah, rolling my Bangladesh passport this morning. And it's, uh, there's just sports fodder galore. I'm And I, I'm fired up to be here, to be honest.
0: It's not, it's. Honestly, i i had uh, i had a little bit of a night with the Warriors last night as it's their launch, their team launch uh, down at the viaduct, and um, you sent me through some stuff that came through around the rugby and the conversation that's happening there. And then of course, you know we've got the girls that hopefully can can make it through to the semis today. It's like lots going on, Louis. Um, let's let's basically get cracking on something, okay? I want you. Th- I want you to just tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are when you read the news yesterday that came out. Because we're going to talk a lot about it today. The rugby, again, the the story that just keeps on giving. What's your thoughts? Oh, oh, it's the gift that
2: keeps on giving. I mean, for for context, like if if you're wondering what we're talking about, Gregor Paul, who's been a long time rugby scribe, he's been you know the spy in there for a long time for the Herald and himself working with New Zealand rugby, and he's he's got some scoops. But in World Cup, yeah, the head coach of the All Blacks giving an exclusive interview to the New Zealand Herald to publicly plea with his employers that they don't rehire for his job until after the World Cup. Like, if you just take that sentence in isolation and think about it, like, it's... This situation is spiralled to be one of the kind of messiest and and best talking points I can remember ever covering sports, to be honest. This is just the saga. That, it's like, tw- what was the vampires? Twilight saga? You know? The, <laughs> it just kept on going. It just kept on going. And I don't even think people were reading the last of them, but they just kept on pumping them out. I mean, I'm subscribed to this, though, to be fair.
0: Yeah, no. Like when you when you sent through that last night, and uh, I'm sitting I'm sitting there in the middle of the Warriors uh, launch reading this story, and I'm just going, "Wow!" Like talk about news. There's nothing else you really got to talk about today. Um, even though that we have we've got a really good show coming up today, but the main point being that I think this is Ian Foster basically saying, "I've had enough." Yeah. I'm actually I'm actually taking I'm actually taking my destiny into my own hands that's that's how I've I felt when I was reading between the lines so um mate it's going to be a really intriguing conversation this morning we're going to get lots of people on here 0800-150-811, if you want to give us a call to talk about that and much more or double eight double three on the temp bed text um give us a give us a call give us give us your thoughts so far what else have we got coming up today Lloyd
2: Oh, we've got heaps skimpy, and we—you're right. We we will we will pick and pick the eyes out of this one throughout the morning, and and actually, I reckon you're off the back fence slot. We can really climb into it and try to get some talk back through. I want to read you a couple of quotes from Ian Foster a little bit later on as well, when we get into it more. So, um, other than that, oh, this is a huge show. We're going. Speaking of rugby drama, what about the 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 Welsh Rugby Union and the situation up there at the moment? Like we've got. A six Nations, which has got more eyeballs on it than I can recall, and there's a chance that the Welsh players might strike this weekend against England and not take the field because their contract negotiations are in dire situations. So Lauren Jenkins, we've had her on the program before. She's an outstanding rugby journalist up in Wales. She's going to stop in and chat to us. We're going to talk to Paul Wilcox because they're racing at Pukakoi. I have found one by the way, but I'm I'm going to I want you to tip one out as well. But I have found one that I like for Pokey. So we'll chat to Paul Wilcox nice. and I'm curious to know about the um Allersley rebuild and see how that's going. And then the old your old mate, well, actually a couple of old mates, Francis Smalley, hopefully we we'll catch up with him and Mickey Walker. Now this is this is going to be a highlight for me because I'm very excited about this.
0: Yeah, Mickey Walker um been talking to him, I'll talk to him pre-Christmas, uh just after the fall and how he was coping and then I, I missed a call from him yesterday afternoon uh, when I was speaking to you and uh, gave him a call back and you know just check it was just basically a chicken um you know just to get a little bit of context around that he was a 14 year old that uh, basically walked out of high school and walked into Alan Al Sharrock's stables and said I want to ride horses um, can you give me a job? So Alan had a, a dispensation from the school to actually take him out of school and teach him how to ride, and the, the rest is history. So Mickey became a, a little bit of a project for all of us. Um, me with my sporting career, mentoring him, and uh, we became really, really close. So uh, just catching up with him, yesterday, I'm at, Look, I'm like you. I, I want to sort of know what the future holds. We, we got, we do got to remember that. He did take a quite a quite a big fall. Um, he did say to me, "Yes, it'd be great to talk to you in the morning because that's when I'm at my best." And you know, he's he's pretty upfront, Mickey. He's a, yeah, you know him. I'm I'm pretty sure you met him. He's a he's a real character. Um, but he's you know he's taking this head on. He knows that what's happened is is a pretty serious event. You know, as as all collision sport, and he's in a collision sport. Um, and he's he's got a he's got a future and a young family to look after. So I, I'm looking after that mate, and, and it's going to be great talking about the Welsh situation up there. Because the other thing about the Welsh situation, we touched on it last week. The CBA, still we haven't had clarity of what's happening with that in the NRL. And yet, when you look at it from the northern hemisphere, the millions that go—I think it's ten million pounds—that the Welsh get for playing England at Twickenham, and what better place to pull a strike action than yeah. this weekend? <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, yes. Like that, this is why it's the, another juicy story because the crescendo point is the the Twickenham match. It's like uh, it's the marquee, it's the red meat on the on the plate, isn't it? And the fact that it's all kind of bursting out here. The other the other interesting thing is Netflix is filming a Six Nations show at the moment, but apparently the Welsh have just said nah, they're not taking any part in it. So they're boycotting, <laughs> and and I'm curious to know how they're going to cover. That in their Netflix show, are they just going to completely ignore the situation? Uh, do they have enough information to kind of make it a storyline, like a drive to survive type you know storyline, or do they just cut it out? So uh, it's it's really kind of a, an intense conversation, and actually one of the one of the points championion, you know, and I'm curious to know, did you ever come across this in your either playing career or coaching career? The big sticking point is the players are pretty much refuting, and there's a very wordy name for them. They are called proposed fixed variable contracts, which would guarantee a player only 80% of their salary with the remaining 20% comprising in bonuses. That's the sticking point for the players. Did you ever come across contracts like that?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Incentive-based contracts, they're called. Um, It was actually the first one I ever signed for Newcastle. I signed for a minimal fee, which was next to nothing, and then... Every first grade game I played was worth as much as my sign-on fee. So, it, what it basically says is, like, to earn your money, you've got to be playing your best football. Those contracts are, they are, like, out the out the gate. They are way gone. You shouldn't have to yeah. sign. Like, if you want to sign yep. an incentive contract, it's more of a junior contract. You know what I mean? So, it's when you're getting a big corral of kids, and you're saying, well, if you're going to make it, then I'm going to pay you as you as you progress. But once you've made it, you've got to think about this. These guys are running out at Twickenham to earn the, the business £10 million. Now, when you're saying to them, now you've got to go out there and play before you pay you, they've mm. just basically had enough and said, well, actually, we, we've done enough to get to this position to fill your coffers, now pay us.
2: Yeah, Yep. Yeah, completely agree. And, and, the, and the other the other place you see them in sport in modern times is if it's the player betting on themselves and the player saying we want one because it's more beneficial they taking the gamble on themselves but it's it is quite rare these days um for unions to be proposing them as the kind of the default the standard so that's the sticking point i can't wait to to find out a bit more about it i think this is a uh, this is what i mean like for a wednesday this isn't a brilliant sports day there's so much going on and you were last night at the warriors opening did you kind of scout the room did you read oh, the tea 100%. leaves
0: yeah. What was the vibe? <laughs> well, it's it's really funny. Like I gotta say, I really like Andrew Webster. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not pulling any punches with the with the the ginger the gin, ginger man of An, Andrew Webster. Like my best mates are red <laughs> Um They're sort of different people. They're in the country, Kimpy. Yeah, like they. <laughs> I did say, I did ask Alan that question, but he didn't bite. Um, there is a different vibe. Louis I think I think there's if I could put a word on it I would say accountability I think he is actually gonna hold people accountable and I think a lot of coaches really funny this my very first interview last night so I was working last night I had to go along and we talked down a camera so we, you know, we're going to put that up on our on our socials um so that you can check on our ecNZ app. Well, there's a plenty of plenty of uh, footage to come, but the very first interview was with Dan Floyd, who's the team manager. So me and Dan used to work together. He's a fantastic young man. Uh, he's been there for a very long time. He's actually been there through seven coaches. <laughs> That's like a twilight saga itself. And I said to uh, like the the like the third about the third question, I said to him, so. Tell me what's the difference with Andrew Webster coming in. Like you've mate, you've had more I said you've had more coaches than Nick Faldo's that got clubs, you know what I mean? It's like he's he's just gone basically, he's he's he says what he means, you know what I mean? He basically talked about accountability. So I think if there's a word at the Warriors, and we spoke about it yesterday, we'll we'll get a really good look at this, I reckon week six, we'll get a look at this. He's gonna he's gonna hold some blokes accountable. Um so it was a real good, I, I enjoyed the night. I thought it was real good. I got around the room. Uh, really good to see our racing uh, fraternity there. Um, Mark was there, Mark. Walker. Walker was there along with DC Ellis. Uh, Brendan Lindsay was there, you know what I mean. Butch Castles uh, was up from Tarapa. Uh, Leith was there, of course, you know, and just that, that racing industry and our rugby league I oh, Look, I didn't know that Mark Walker was a mad rugby league rugby league, man, and, and and in saying that, his son actually works for them, with the, with the Warriors, and I had a catch up with him talking about, you know, he, w- he wants to have a game of rugby league this year. not hasn't, hasn't had a game yet, but he wants to have a game. So um, I enjoyed it, mate. It was really good. It was a good launch. The boys are you know got a few days off. I think Webby said they come back in on Saturday, prepare for this game in Wellington against the Newcastle Knights, and everyone, it's like the anticipation you could you could put a knife through it at the moment because everyone's going, is it going to be different? And we'll know that we'll know that in or oh, two weeks. Yeah, a doubt. well,
2: is uh is that is Mark Baker actually? Sorry,
0: uh, so oh so yes, Mark. Done. Yeah, Mark Baker was.
2: Yeah, 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 got you, got you. Because uh, he, uh, he is, he loves it. He, he absolutely loves it. I, I know his son froths as well. Ooh, the big thing is Andrew Webster's a, a punter. What is it about Warriors coaches that they just seem to get punters as coaches? They, they've had, they've had plenty of
0: them. Yeah, uh, they love their racing. The Warriors coaches. Well, the other thing too is he tipped one out. Webby as his, his horse runs <laughs> on the weekend, and I'll get that. I'll get that for us um, over the next couple of days. It's, uh, it's running in Australia somewhere. He, he's got a text it through. Uh, he likes it. He, he really likes it. So uh, I won't be back at it, but you know, it might be it might be an <laughs> omen. We'll have a we'll have a look at it, see how it goes. And like he's, uh, I was introducing him to a couple of the the racing people that I knew, and he was you know talking about he just made a love horses. I love racing, and I think there's actually a little clip on on YouTube of him when he's when he's got his first horse uh, that's going around as well so yep mate, good, it was a good night had by all uh, yeah, well, again we'll just have to wait and see they they do look like they're in shape I've got to say that every player that came through last night looked fit and rearing to go um, but she's a tough tough old competition you know what I mean we've got Super Rugby kicking off we've got the NRL kicking off we've got Coaching kicking coaches kicking off at each other um i'll tell I'll tell you what news stories over the next twenty six weeks are going to be coming thick and fast it's just it's
2: going to be relentless keempy did they look big did they look like are they a are they a big like when you run when you just see you know and you see a pack of guys and you go oh that's a big team like you get a i'm sure you've got a you're a pretty good judge for the size of a league side uh, do they look like they've got
0: enough beef brawn no. I got to, I got to say that. Like, and you're dead right because you get a, you get a, you yeah. know, when you're looking at footballers all your life, you get a feel for, you know, yeah. sides and and what they look like. They look lean, and and for me, one of my big concerns, especially around this rule change of the ten meters, is that they still need a couple of big blokes in the middle. You know what I mean? So, um, be interesting to see. I did ask Andrew Webster about his depth and whether he was happy with it, uh, and he said, "Yeah, look, I'm." I'm happy with what I've got, got, and we have got to work with that. But I just think that a couple of big guys would really help. Mm. Okay,
2: outstanding. Right. Well, we are 19 minutes past six o'clock, and do you know what? The, what I was just thinking about then was you. It's like I know, yeah, David Ellis, right? He can go to he goes to the Karaka Sales, and he's a great judge for a horse. I imagine you're a great judge for a pack of league players. You could look at you could look at them and go, ah, yeah. Funny gait on them. Um, a <laughs> little bit little bit skinny. Haven't licked the bowl this morning. Uh might need to put a I'll bit t- of pound hey,
0: on. Hey, hey, I actually said that I said that to the um, young meat cuff last night. So he's pulled his hamstring and He's out for eight weeks. And I said, You like yeah. it? I said, I was looking at him, I said, You like the gym? He goes, Yeah. I said, get in there. Get in there and work hard, mate. <laughs> you need some muscle, mate. You need some more muscle. You so I'm. You know what Did I'm, you
2: know what I'm like. Yes, yes, yes. I I know exactly what you're like. I could absolutely, I mean, if Izzy was here, he would be laughing his head off like, Kimpy, come on. <laughs> That's so good. And the, the good thing is you've got, like, arms the size of my head, so you're allowed to say that as well. Right, uh, 19 minutes past six, let's do it.
3: Can't wait question of
2: the day. We are two days out from the next Black Caps test. We're not actually going to talk a lot of cricket throughout the show today, so I thought we'd can't wait question it, um, Kempi. And essentially, it's an easy one. On double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 811, without personnel changes, what percentage chance do you give the Black Caps from turning that result around. So there's no personnel changes apart from Matt Henry coming in. Don't expect personnel changes. What percentage chance would you give the Black Caps from turning it around Test 1 to Test 2? Nice and easy. Let's talk some cricket to start the day. Um, I know you'll have a We've been following this closely, Kempi, so I know mm-hmm. you have a bit of a thought there. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 0800 If you can come through with that right now, we'll get Kempi's thoughts straight away and then yours. On the Kenatai phone line, we are here with Kempis Warehouse. Real House of Fragrance, 20 minutes past six, back in a sec. Morning 22nd of February. Hope everybody is doing well around the country. We've got so much to talk about and we will deep dive into the Ian Foster interview with the New Zealand Herald throughout the show, don't worry, you'll get your fix there. But we're going to start with some cricket, Kempi, can't wait question of the day, 8883 0800 150 If you stick a percentage chance on it, you get in the statistics laboratory, what do you give them to be able to turn it around test one to test two?
0: Well, give, given the fact that they haven't won a test in the last half a dozen seven-odd seven tests um, and they're struggling for confidence and... He's come out, Gary Stead, and said that he ain't going to make any change. He's going to stick tight with the, the, these bunch of players. Um, I don't really give them a hell of a lot of chance, to be honest, in the second test, uh, apart from it being rained out in the first couple of days and, you know, it, um, it gets called off. So, I, look, I just think that you've got two sides of the scale here at the moment. You've got one side that's playing golf up at Tauriti and couldn't be happier with the way they're playing cricket, and you've got another side that's searching for a win and don't really have the answers against an English side that's on fire. So um, I hope they i hope they prove me wrong, but this time I'm going to go with my head and say, mate, I just can't see them win- winning the second test. I can't.
2: Yeah. No, neither, to be honest. It's a... Um... I actually got asked on when I was in Australia for the Sail GP. I, I went on a, a, a SCN, one of those SCN shows in Sydney that you you do quite often. And I thought we were going to talk sailing. We talked sailing for two minutes, and then it ended up being a deep dive into the depression, depressing state of New Zealand cricket at the moment. Yeah. They were just so, they were like, "And does it just piss you guys off that bears? It's
0: bears on the other side." So like, yeah, it kind of does, to be honest. It da- well, it, do- it does for me. It does because we're asking for a solution and it's actually smacking us in the face. <laughs> and and the 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 underlying factor that I'm getting is that it's the pound that's stopping them from getting Baz McCullum. Like, I actually think Baz McCullum, like, I've spoken to Baz, you know, we're not really well-known friends, but I've speak to Baz and he's parochial as they come. I think if you spoke to Baz and said, you know, we want you to coach New Zealand. Can we have a commitment? I actually think he'd jump at it because of the type of guy that he is. You know what I mean? So it's actually looking looking at us. It's one of those things you go, well, What's the answer? How do we fix it? And you're going, Well, it's actually slapping you in the face. It's a- actually yeah. in the second test, it's going to slap you in the face again. Oh, uh, and, and
2: you're so right because, do you know, this isn't actually about the cricket, it's about the state of the organization and the resource available because it's, this is the same thing. That's about the contracts. It's about the women's game. It's the domestic at domestic level. All of you, you think about the the connection. What is the one link between all of the issues we're having in, in cricket in the country at the moment, all of them, everything, it all comes back to cha-ching, ching Dosh do. And, and it, obviously that's easy to say in sports. Well, if you had more money, you could fix it, it takes more than that, but it, compared to the the field that we're playing against, it's the one thing that's kind of putting us in a pretty awkward position and it's
0: it's pretty hard to see what the resolution will be, Kimpi. See Millsy said this the other day. He said um, you know the pathway used to be you get you get you play domestic cricket, you get into the black caps and you've made it. He said now, and he and he apologised for saying it, he said it's you play cricket, you get into the black caps and then you go and make your money because people look at you and say, right where am I going to make that money? If you look, if you take that as the analogy, well then it doesn't really matter for Baz coming home because he'll still go and further his pathway in his career later on if England or whoever Australia or whoever wants to hire him as a as a coach or a director of sport. I think that that conversation um, needs to be had with Baz. To, you know, why wouldn't you say to like you've got him down here? Why wouldn't you say to Baz you sit him in a room? And and Dave White sits him in the room and says, Look, what are you thinking in the next three or four years? Does Baz McCullum want to coach the black caps? Because we would like we would like to we would like you to coach them. And just have that conversation with him, because I think you would you'd be really surprised and you know Baz Louie. He probably he he's that he's black caps. He is Mr. Yeah, he black is. Cap. You know what I mean? So I just think it's I just think it's a it's a no-brainer for me. Do they do they get the second test? Again, your, your heart says that you, uh, you want them to, but your head says not a chance.
2: Kim, on the other side of the news, I just want to ask you, because I know how I know how patriotic you are, I'm going to ask you if it makes you sad what Kyle Mills said, and I'm also going to type back into the All Blacks and the way the black jersey is valued these days. And just start having to think about that. I'll, I'll circle back to you there. Here's uh, Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. There's also a good text here from Chris we'll get to in just a bit, but here is Aroha. Mm. Thank you, Aroha. 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. trade and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Bunnings Trade Power Pass is powering your business. Joey, do you have some headlines for us?
3: Yeah, boys, a few quick headlines. A sensational batting performance by England saw them post the highest total in women's T20 World Cup history, crushing Pakistan in their final pool game. And elsewhere, boys, the White Ferns World Cup hopes are hanging by a thread as Bangladesh are looking a little shaky early on in their match against South Africa. They're currently 28 for two after eight overs. We need them to get the upset win over the host for our women to qualify for the semi-finals. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the morning. And as you boys int- uh, mentioned earlier, the drama with Welsh rugby has continued. Warren Gatlin, however, is confident that they'll be able to feel the full strength team come Sunday morning our time
4: but I'm confident uh, with the discussions that are taking place that uh, hopefully something will get resolved today. Oh, there's probably been half, half a dozen meetings over the last you know, few days and stuff and things. So um, like I said, hopefully those things get resolved and boys um, turn up on Thursday, ready
3: to go for Saturday. We'll touch on that with Lauren after seven. And Kimpy, you mentioned it before the news. This is what Carl Mills had to say on the Trent Bolt situation on Monday.
5: I think playing for the Zealand cricket team is just now part of the pathway of being um, a really awesome cricketer who earns good money around the world. Whereas before this time, playing for the New Zealand cricket team was the final destination. And it hurts me to say that, but that's just the reality of it. For me, and um, I'm sure for you boys as well, your your final destination was around the Silver Fern, right? And that's all you thought about. Mm. Whereas now, it's just a platform to some of these bigger competitions around the world.
2: Wow. Wow. Wow, that is incredible! Thank you, Joey. That is incredible, Kempe. Hey Kyle pretty much just took the words out of my my mouth. I just want to ask it. you: th- that's all you ever thought about, right? Oh,
0: all, all I still think about. I like I bleed black, mate. Like one of the proudest moments was pulling a jersey on. You know, like I remember. I remember pulling on my first Waititi jersey. Like I remember it. I remember pulling on my first Ranwick jersey in the in the hut wreck. Newcastle, when I went there and pulled that first grade jersey on for the first time, I cried. And then when I got my, my Kiwi jersey, I was like, I'd made it. You know, that's mm. what that's what Millsy was saying. Like, I pulled that on and went, I've been pulling on jerseys to pull this one here on. And that was sort of it. But I, I get it, you know. Like, when I asked him that question and he nailed it, he said, it isn't the final destination anymore. And that's... You know, the I guess in hindsight, when you think when you think of it, you know, and we saw this with the ladies, the, the the World Cup that's going on, two days into the World Cup, the the auction happened with the ladies. Yeah, Like their final destination wasn't the World Cup. You know, the, you've got these auctions and stuff going on. It's just reality these days at players. You've got um, fringe All Black players signing for Northern Hemisphere, and we had one. I'm just Alex that That's right. Say, well, it's not the jersey. You know what I mean? Now that for me is the reality that people are finding really hard to swallow.
2: Yeah, oh, it's just it's such a good concise point from Kyle and it is so systemic across New Zealand sports, these when there's bigger markets at the moment. Um because like you can even type I mean it's all the New Zealand football has had this issue way before other sports, right? Because we're not a powerhouse and also there's so much money to be made elsewhere. But now New Zealand rugby are going through it where, yeah, so the pulling on the black jersey might be part one and you're kind of, as far as the goals that you've always dreamed of, but then signing that Japanese contract, setting your family up for life, that's now the one that every, you know, and that can only, it can only keep growing and growing and growing. The uh, the horse is bolted, right?
0: Oh, it's, it's well. It's the thing with it. It's bolted, and the smart people have jumped on it. Like some have jumped on it, others have had their leg caught by the rope that's um, at the back of it, and the rest of the rest of the majority are yelling out for it to stop so they can catch up. And uh, <laughs> I gotta say, you know, you, I can name the I can name the players that are on it <laughs> on the horse, and I can name the. Um, the businesses that are way back yelling, someone stop that horse! We're trying to catch up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we're actually we're actually speaking of we're actually going to do a, a lot on that in the next hour, Kempi. Uh, they they have announced themselves again today on the front page of the Herald, probably. But just on you from in your sport, rugby league. Now this is an interesting dynamic. If we just c- carry on here, what about the the player power and the movement back to the Pacific Nations? And that there is, there has been a, a weirdly in rugby league, and you you preempted it a long time ago, saying that these players are going to want to play for their grandparents and their families, mm. and that's a cultural thing.
0: Yeah, and it's a sh- and it's a shift that's been happening for a long time since the you know John Fafita played for St George. Um, you know, myself and Sammy Stewart playing for Newcastle way back in the 80s. You know what I mean? There was a, a sprinkling of Pacific through the, the competition. Really funny, I had the conversation with Ruben Wiki last night in and around Wairangi's... Uh, I congratulated Cam George for for getting Wairangi Kōpū into a cultural role and recognising Tangata Whenua, you know, because this is the land that we stand on and, and getting, especially Australians, making that decision to bring that back into the club. The, the mana that enhanced enhance the club because of that decision. I, I had to congratulate Cam George for doing that. But I spoke to Ruben and I said, we always knew, Rubes, that you look up on the stage and it was going to be full of Polynesian boys. It's like a sprinkling um, of of our Pākehā boys up there at the moment. And it's only going to keep getting like that. And of course, the natural progression is, well, we're going to actually go and play for Tonga, Samoa. Like, that's what I mean. The horse is bolted. So guys have jumped. So Tonga all jumped on that horse, and the other Pacific nations looked behind it, and then Samoa waited for the next round, World Cup, and said, we're on it. And guess what? Samoa makes the World Cup final. So you know what the next one looks like, eh, Louis? Oh, I do.
2: I do. Well, I can, only, actually, I can only imagine at this stage, but it's gonna, it can't smack us in the face now. We have to be really waiting for it. And in rugby, which we'll talk about in the next hour, well, we know it all too well, here's a text for you, Kempy. The problems start in the head office, New Zealand Cricket. Why would Baz want to be a part of that mess? It's crap on the field is just a symptom. In saying that, though, give Baz the keys to the head office and let him start fresh. Kyle, you must have been a day one listener because the one thing you know about Baz is it's his way or don't even bother And that is completely right Very, very, very good text At 20 away from 7 Quizzy Dag The Kemp Master <laughs> The Quiz Master Get Get The on. Oracle <laughs> Take him on 0800-150-811 This
3: is how we do it Quizzy Dag come play
2: Quizzes on the line Just one at a time Don't Google a lie Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how
1: we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy there, come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call.
3: This is how we do it.
0: Campy quiz, let's do it. Yes, and they've come, they've come thick and wide across the country. And I'm just wondering if Marky Mark is on the line. He's our first caller. He's bringing in another coffee this morning, Marky. Here you go, brother. The boys are so happy you bought them one yesterday. Well
3: good bro. No, um, my pleasure.
0: My pleasure yeah good on you mate let's get this crack into it. it's uh I gotta say she's a toughie today even I had uh Daryl yeah I know I had, it's a, I'm glad I'm reading the questions And if you don't 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 forget if you're listening you've got the the clue master Louie there all right so <laughs> use him if you need him all right here we go first question marky here we go it's been revealed that to help guide the breakers to the grand final Barry Brown jr played through A broken bone, where on his body?
6: I don't know. Uh,
2: Clue there. Uh, When Razor lifts the trophy for the seventh time this year, Mark, as you know he shall, what body part would he be using to do so?
3: Be his hand,
0: I
2: would
3: hope. No, no, Razor. He'd be seven.
0: <laughs> There'll be seven. Cut it out, Et. Right, <laughs> Cyclops. Anyway, here we go. Question number two, <laughs> In what round of the NRL do Warriors play their first game at Mount Smart this this year?
4: No
0: idea. actually so will have a punt at four. Four. <laughs> <There, laughs> we go. And here we go, John Heater. Third overall in the league. Who is the top scorer for the Wellington Phoenix this season?
3: No idea. I'll pass that one on to someone else. Have a good one, lads.
0: Cheers, Marky. Have a good day. Jade from Hamilton. Morning to Jade. How are you going?
6: Are you good camping yourself.
0: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, enjoying actually reading the questions for a change. It's a it's a hell of a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> third, <laughs> third overall in the league. Who is the top scorer for the Wellington Phoenix this season?
6: Oh, couldn't get a clue on that one, could I?
0: Boy, well, you can. Um...
2: Now, there was a ch- children's TV character that was in a rubbish bin.
0: <laughs> it's actually a good one.
5: <laughs> Oscar Crouch, Oscar. Oscar.
0: Oscar. I mean, just... Ooh, <laughs> very good.
3: <laughs> oh, Jade.
0: <laughs> On fire, Jade. Well done, mate. Question number four. What's the only New Zealand Super Rugby side that will play an Australian side in the first round? This weekend.
6: Hurricanes, isn't
0: it? Too easy. Here we go for that fifty-dollar bonus. Oh, this is this is a moral layup. Well, well, yeah. Let's see if we can get it. All right, you're on a timer too, Jade. Who has scored the the most all-time Test runs for the Black Caps? And
5: Williams. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sorry, Jade. Unlucky, you went too early, mate. Don't. Oh, you like the bat? You like the Black Cap batters? You went too early. Oh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Richie. From Upper Hutt morning, Richie. Morning, Kempy. How you going, brother? You heard that last question? Who scored the most all-time Test runs for the Black Caps for fifty dollar TAB oh, bonus boy, bet?
5: Him come back out of retirement, Roscoe Taylor.
0: Here you go, Richie. Have you got one for us, Richie? (laughs) It's Wednesday. She's starting. We've got a big week in racing. Or have you got anything that you like on the sporting calendar that we can probably throw a little bit at this week?
4: Nah, not really. I'll probably start looking at the cricket or the Phoenix for the weekend.
0: Yep. Yeah. What do you think about the cricket, Richie?
4: Um. I'm thinking I'm an up a hut at the moment and it's looking dodgy and it's meant to be dodgy on Friday and Saturday, so we might take it to the fifth day.
0: Well that'll be a bonus. We actually get to
2: watch <laughs> the bonus. <laughs> Except that I'm meant
4: to be going on Friday, so
6: got ticket.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. S- sold out, eh? They had the first two days sold out, Rich. So yeah, that's um our oh, first three days was it? That's brutal with the weather coming in. Yeah. No, well done, mate. Very well done. And Kimpy. to be fair, Kane Williamson, I think's only about 20, 25 runs away from passing Ross Taylor. So I feel a bit bad for old Jade.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a decent bet for you too. Um, Richie, Jade, get on uh, Kane Williamson to probably hit a decent old whack this week, I reckon.
2: Yeah, yep, I think definitely. so. He, he should get, get the job done. Right, Richie, appreciate your time. We're nine away from seven. Kimpy. I've had a bet. I've actually had a nice bet, That's and I'll nice. tell you, I've had a bet, and I think there's a horse in New Ze- in Australia, a Kiwi horse, that can run a big race this weekend, and I'll tell you who it is and loveracing.nz after this. Well, coming up to 7 o'clock, loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Paul Wilcox in the next hour, Ken but they're racing at Pukakaui today. Good midweek meeting, and this is the future of the industry, mate. Midweek meeting, maiden races, Two hundred thousand dollars in stakes, 20000 thousand dollar
0: maiden races. How good's that? Very good. I I love a maiden race because you're looking at horses are pretty even across the board, all chasing that first win, and you've got to take into account more than just the horse to get that across the line. So, um, that's you know where you where you were away. What I was doing, I was looking at the maidens and going, well, let's have a look. Actually, look at how the trainers going, uh, how the jockeys are going, and then. Uh, pick a horse that they've put that jockey on, for instance, that's going all right, to try and get it across the line for the first time. So I think I've picked one today. Um, I'll throw that out when you're ready.
2: Oh, I'm, I've got one as well in a maiden race. I, I'd love a crack up if we had either the same horse or uh, the same race and we're going head to head. What do you
0: have? Well, I I like getting off to a good start, so I'm going race one. And oh, beautiful. And I've found... Uh, McNabbah on a horse called Heart of Aladdin, and I think I've had a look at it. I pulled it up this morning. It actually opened at thirteen dollars, and it's now yeah. into six bucks. So, um, yeah, someone knows something. I look. I like how he's gone. Nabs at the <laughs> do moment. You wanna,
2: do sorry, can you want to Sorry, Can I just stop you there? Do you want to know who knows something? Can I read you? Can I read you verbatim the tip? Sure. I got no. Boys idea. get paid. Boys get paid, you
0: familiar? Yes, of course I do, yeah.
2: How's this on their Facebook page? I was up north on the weekend. Remember when we went up north and we had a similar occasion in this pub? I was up yeah. north on the weekend for a fishing weekend. I spent a fair bit of time at a bar called The Porthouse. I was probably about 600 beers deep, and I ran into Kenny Ray. In my slightly inebriated state, I asked him to tip something I could put money on. He said, race one at Pukekohe on Wednesday. With no other information than a very dusty memory, I thought I'd st- jump straight into 13s and $4 and see how we go. And boys get paid posts to this
0: and said, this is how plunges start. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously why it's coming to six bucks. I had no idea. But, uh, well, that's good. We're obviously, well, I wasn't talking to um, Kenny Ray. I just thought, <laughs> I like the way that Nab's going and he's on a maiden horse and it actually looks all right. I'm, I'm going to back that. Oh, that's, uh, so that's what I like. I think, there we go. Not just me. I'm not the only one backing it. It's okay. coming seven, seven points. Uh, heart of a of lad in race one, number seven, Bukikoi.
2: Oh, I love it, Kempi. I'm going race seven. I'm going to the same philosophy as you. Craig Grills jumps on a horse, Toko Ono, by Satono Aladdin. I'm taking on Arby because Arby is drawn really wide today and the rail's out, so you're going to need to be on the pace. Toko Ono, you're getting $3.80 right now. So there we go, Kempi. I've got the same philosophy as you. And I'll tell you that horse I'm backing in Australia this weekend as well. Up after this, when we talk to Lauren Jenkins out of Wales, Here's our the news for Kubota, together with Shaping Building New
3: Zealand. Wherever she goes, I go. You're
0: joining Kempi and Izzy for breakfast this morning. And Louis, we've had a text here from Kev. We're coming, we're coming straight out. Kim from Titaranga, he loves the punt. Kempi, I've got 60 bucks ready and waiting for the tips. And if you want to get those tips and you've missed them, go to Kempi uh, and Izzy for breakfast on the SENZ app and tune in because Louis thrown out a couple of juicy, juicy ones. Um, and, Kev, all the best for those. I'm pretty sure you've picked them up and written them down. But, Louis, you said you had one running an Aussie, a Kiwi horse. What is it? I do. I do,
2: Kev. Uh, Kev, you'll be aware of this horse. Kimpy. you'll be aware of it too. Um, actually, of course, our friends, dear friends at Little Avondale Studs, Sammy and Kat. Um, now, Rockin' Horse is back this weekend. So, Rockin' Horse was meant to run against Nature Strip, Call cool and Gadda in the Group 1 uh, Black Caviar on the weekend, and that was a tougher race than this. She, is the, she has the title at the moment. She's a stri- Can we just not, can we not muck around here? and Horse is the best sprinter up the Flemington Strait in Australia at the moment. She won the New Market. She won the Champions. What more do you want from her? She was scratched out because she had a little bit of swelling, but she is jumping out of her skin, the reports. And this weekend, she starts in the Oakley Plate. And if you're getting double digits... This field, it's up-and-coming sprinters. These aren't established great sprinters. So, Kimpy, if you're getting double digits around Rock and Horse, you can have a bet,
0: mate. It's cra- it's cra- it's crazy money. It's yeah. Get your get your uh, trailer, hook it up to your car, drive the TAB because it'll be full. It'll <laughs> be full when you leave. <laughs> well, well,
2: why are we? Why do we constantly like we? All we do is we want. We want to find champions like great New Zealand horses to take over to Australia. Then we found one that's won up the straight twice and absolutely flying. And then we just seem to like disregard it.
0: Well, pe- people just can't believe it, so they just that's right. Imp- they're making poor decisions when they're giving out the odds. <laughs> you, got, you got rocks in your head if you're not backing her. Seriously. I, I
2: look, look, I've had a bet, and I've had a bet at a big number. Um, I don't want to make everyone jealous and tell you how big the number is, but it's, uh, she's going to go huge in the Oakley Plate with any luck. Uh, before the end of this, our Kempy as well, we're going to talk Welsh rugby in a second, but then we're going to talk, oh, and this is going to be a fantastic topic, we're going to talk all about Ian Foster, an exclusive interview he's given to Gregor Paul at the New Zealand Herald, where he's essentially... Publicly protested the way his employers are going about their hiring situation, and you said it last hour. Well, he's just sick of it. He's clearly fed up.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he's sort of what I what I've read into that, Louis, is he's taken his own destiny in his own hands. You know what I mean? So he knows where he sits. He's decided to come out and go well you know, it's not panning out how I would like it to pan out. And if this decision is going to be made with any input from me, then I'm going to let people know my own thoughts. And I, look, I take my hat off to the man for actually um, jumping on the front foot because there's one problem down at the NZR at the moment, and that's getting on the front foot when it comes to the media. Now you've got the coach going directly to the media to do an interview. Yeah, it's... it's- It's pretty
2: concerning for New Zealand rugby because it tells me that he's tried to have these conversations behind closed doors and it hasn't worked. So he's gone to the New Zealand Herald, which is going to make a splash. Here's a quote for you, Kempy. For the last couple of months, I have been watching the discussion about the All Blacks coaching process play out publicly. The job that I currently hold, and I have currently been backed by the board through to the World Cup, and I have sat back and looked at a whole lot of views that have been put out there. Some have been frustrating to hear. And a particular frustration is that there seems to be a focus on setting timetables based on what some preferred candidates feel is the right for them versus pref- potentially what is right for the All Blacks team. Now, that is a direct uh, sub... He is essentially subtexting Scott Robertson there. 100%. And to be fair to, to raise it, he played his game. Fozzie's now playing his game. And New Zealand rugby's letting all this happen. And it's messy.
0: It is it is so messy. It is so messy. I'm waiting for a reaction. But it is so quiet down the hallway that we'll probably be waiting a long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know when you say, we when we said in the, in the first hour, the horse is bolted. Like, it is bolting. The we, the media horse is bolting. Now you've got your head coach... Going directly to the media, the, the the question has to be: What's next?
2: Well, if I'm New Zealand rugby, and this all this does for me is it speeds up the process to announce the next coach. To be honest,
3: because <laughs>
2: like what well, you can't be like New Zealand rugby can't be now. Now Ian Foster's now put a gun to their head. Because if they don't come out and announce the next coach in April, well, then they've they've bent to Ian Foster and they've you know and his demands. So, you know, he's put them in a corner here essentially, Fozzie. He's put New Zealand rugby in a corner here, and we will know either which way they go with it, and we'll find out.
0: It's a boxing match, and he's just landed, and they're on the canvas at the moment. The NZR, and they're they're getting up off the canvas, and it's what, what do I do to, to counterpunch here because. Um, you're dead right. At the moment, he's put the ball fir- firmly and squarely at his own feet, Fozzie, by putting it on the table and saying, well, what are you going to do?
2: And well, saying that, though, yeah, you're right. Saying that, be I completely disagree with some of the things he's said in this article and some of the quotes he's given. Uh, namely, he he makes it very clear this isn't about self-interest or our... I would tend to disagree, and we can get into that when we read the quotes later. Oh, I'm curious to – I want to lob this out for everybody so everybody knows exactly what we're working with here. But it's a, it's an incredible saga. We spoke about that last hour, just the way it's – the twists and turns.
0: It, 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 it keeps on giving. The um, That's what I mean. Like, with Super Rugby just about to kick off, and then you've got the World Cup at the back end of the year, I listened to a, some, some real good um, – analytical thinkers yesterday in and around what their thoughts are on the situation. And they're saying if the if the coach's mind is elsewhere, if the player's mind is elsewhere, we go up to the World Cup, we can't win it. They, they just came out and said it. And I t- have to tend to agree with what's played out post-Christmas, with the uh, exodus of players talking about post-World Cup. Like, their mind isn't on the World Cup. Like, we've had more conversation about yeah. post-World Cup than yeah. we have about going to the World Cup. And we're still having conversation now from the coach about post-World Cup. Like, hang on, we've got a World Cup to go and win.
2: And that, for me, Kempe, is the hypocrisy about what Ian Foster is saying. He's pretty much said we can't do this now because it's causing a distraction. Well, what have you just done? You've just given the media, you've given us a news cycle for a week. We were going to be able to dine out on this for so long, and uh, look, the text already coming and just shows how poor the CEO of New Zealand rugby is. People will be absolutely climbing into Mark Robinson. Uh, you reckon Gary Stead slipped Fozzie a couple of bucks to take the limelight off our poor performing test cricketers? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do tend to... I, I did have a chat. I did have a chat to my mate last night. Been. I said, oh, you know, you do become a bit of a conspiracy theorist when, you, when you're when head coach and, you know, whatever you do, just remain who you are, mate. You're so upfront and honest and don't, don't listen to the white noise. It does actually get to, to people, doesn't it? You know, when, like, who are you... Who's calling for, you know, this action to be taken? Like, the you know, that that Fozzie has to actually come out and say that in the press. Well,
2: look, we've got a text here from JJ Kempi and we're just having some trouble getting Lauren Jenkins up, so we might as well chat about this now. We'll talk Welsh rugby in a wee bit. But here's a text from JJ. Fozzie's an employee, lads. He doesn't have a say in the recruitment for his job. Recruitment is about finding the best talent and moving the relevant pace to hire the talent. There is a war for great talent. And look, that would be New Zealand rugby's... Um, reasoning for hiring early. I guess the landscape's changed now because there aren't that many jobs for Razor or Jamie Joseph to go for. But I don't actually know what Ian Foster's point is here. One of his massive issues was that it's a headache and it creates jockeying for positions within the support staff, so the assistant coaches. But it can be regardless. Wouldn't that be happening anyway?
0: Uh Oh. like you don't you don't sit there not having a, a succession plan or working on a succession plan. You already have to you only have to have a look at what's happening around the world. Australia have already put their their one in place. England have already put their one in place. I wouldn't be surprised if all the other uh, Wales is an, another one. You know what I mean? So you can't sit there and say, "Look, we don't want you to talk to anyone." And that's a great um, quote by JJ saying, "The recruitment's not his job." That's right. Coaching to win the World Cup is your job, and if you if you're a really good coach and you go and win the World Cup, the rest of it, that's the final destination comment from Millsy. The final destination is entirely up to you. So I would you know, basically adv- give some advice and say, stop listening to the white noise and coach the team and win the World Cup because the rest will take care of itself.
2: Yeah, completely agree, Kimpi. I think you've just absolutely found the the truth in it all. You're so right. That is all that really should matter. Here's some more quotes. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Can you believe the coach of the All Blacks has given an exclusive interview to the New Zealand Herald, airing dirty laundry about the way that the hiring of his job or the recruitment for his job that he currently holds is going when he is off contract. Can you believe that? It's my simple question. 0800 Here's a quote. Those conversations are best had after the World Cup when everyone is clear and we have the latest data and we know where the team is at, and then the board and everyone can make the decision with all the data on the table. In the meantime, we've got a management team and a coaching group that is fully committed to one goal, which is the World Cup, and not tying to trying to position themselves into where they fit in, in next year's regime so he's talking about assistant coaches but again Kempi, like I think Jason Ryan for example well he's already jockeying for what he's going to be next year no matter what he's and he's already got the he's got a job um, so they don't know, they do know what they will need for next year and the other side of that is uh, after all of this, It can't just be about a World Cup, right? They can't just hire solely on World Cups. Like, the 60% win rate hasn't been good enough over the last couple of years. Say they make a final for a World Cup or they might overachieve what we're thinking. That doesn't just throw out and disregard everything that we've seen, does it?
0: No, not at all. And and when you're you're quoting data, like, quote, qualify it. Because data, there's so much meaning behind the word data. You know, and if if you're... You've got to be really careful in my books of how you use that word because if, you know, you don't qualify the data, then people say, well, just have a look at where you're sitting on the world ranking. Like, let's change the coach. We normally sit number one, but we're not sitting there anywhere near there anymore. You know, that's data. But qualify that that actual word... Because if it's about your coaching staff, if it's about players and, and you know the the tackling and the offense, if it's about my coaching statistics, like qualify it so people actually know what you mean, as opposed to just throwing. Well, the board need data. I can I can guarantee you this, they have got plenty of data. Yeah. Now I think what Fozzie's trying to say is, and in and around, in a, a long way around it is just leave the conversation alone to post World Cup. That's what he's saying and make a decision. But I think yes. he needs to listen to that himself. Like, yes, you need to leave that alone too and just coach.
2: Well, that's the thats the great irony in it all, Kempe. And look, I, I tweeted this. Like, do, do you not realise, Ian Foster, that the speculation will be worse if we don't confirm this coach? Like, every press conference you get, every loss... Every twist and turn in a Rugby World Cup year, after the... Look, the context is done. 2020-2022 is gone. We have built this house of cards of drama around the next coach of the All Blacks. That's done. We can't now gently unpack the house of cards that's building up. We can't deassemble it. That's the context. So if we don't clarify who's coaching the All Blacks, the speculation that you're asking to not have... Will be worse. Every press conference, every week, there will be rumours on SCNZ. There will be bomb squads off the back fences. There will be segments done about the next coach of the All Blacks. The best thing, in I truly believe this, and I'll, I'll get your take, Ken, I truly believe the best thing for Ian Foster would be Scott Robertson was named All Blacks coach for next year. Ian Foster can go into this World Cup with absolute clarity. One goal no need to fight, no need to be um, thinking about what comes next, have one clear target. I actually believe that would be what's best for him. And, and I'm worried that by doing this, he's put himself in a really kind of vulnerable position and his employers aren't going to be happy.
0: No, and look, just to just touch on that, Louis, I think he knows, he sees the writing on the wall. That's why he's come out and made the comments. You know what I mean? So that's why I say he's taken... he's. Grab the destiny and put it back in his own hands, and put the ball firmly at his feet to say, "Well, if you're going to do it, get on and get on and do it." You know, say so he, he's pro- prophesized what you've just said. Like, give me, give me clarity that I'm not going to be here next year. Because the the other part of the conversation that Fozzie's having for me is that he actually still wants to coach the All Blacks. Because if you read between the lines, oh, yeah. It, is oh saying, yeah, it is saying, don't make that judgment until you get the data. That data's going to going to prove that I should still be the coach. You know what I mean? So, um, and I like that—that that the passion is is there, and that he still wants to coach the All Blacks. But the other problem is, like you said, the house has already been built. They got it, They 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 got no other reaction now because it is a reaction. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not proactive. Being proactive, mm-hmm. they've got to come out and, and react to it. They have to. And and don't get me wrong.
2: I actually feel bad for Ian Foster that he's been put in this situation by the organization. Like what you start where you started off that this is him this is like a last ditch this is him saying, you know, this is not being good enough. I have to now I have to now make my own media moves. I have to play the chess game myself now. That's a really sad place for an All Blacks coach to be. And and it is a sad reflection of how this has all played out, but I, I just can't agree with the way he's, he's gone about it here. I just I can't see how this is a going to be beneficial for him and B beneficial for the team. It's the week of Super Rugby, Kempi and we're talking about this on Wednesday. It's
0: timing. Yep, yeah. that's the whole thing. <laughs> like the. I I just keep sh- you know shaking shaking my hands up in the air, saying, "Where's the advice coming from down the hallway and the trust in the media manager that these messages are now going bypass." them straight to the media like this like Gregor Paul when he got a phone call he would he honestly he he probably went out cartwheels he he probably took the family out for the best dinner ever (laughs) last night you know what I mean he said I am a I am a legend Gregor Paul's like I am an absolute legend I've got the all-black coach phoning me direct to give me an exclusive (laughs) and I'm just sitting here going what's going on down the hall
2: who, who's the only the only winner from all of this, Kimfi? Gregor Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Gregor, good on you, Gregor. Um, it's incredible. This is a, this is an incredible subplot in one of the stranger sagas. It just it just is the gift that keeps on giving. It is the weakest Super Rugby, and the All Blacks head coach has just given an exclusive interview questioning his employers over their recruitment process of his job. It is an incredible scenario. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Make sure you call us. Uh we're gonna head off. We've got so many texts here Kimpi we'll get to those after this and we can live react. This is a brilliant topic. O eight hundred one five O eight eleven. The Kennard's Hire phone line Is this been a finisher for Ian Foster? Can you see the logic in what he's doing? Do you agree with his points that it's a distraction? Or in itself, is this the biggest distraction? Here with Kemba's Warehouse, the house of fragrance, 20 minutes past seven. Well, coming up to seven o'clock, loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Paul Wilcox in the next hour, Kempe, but they're racing at Pukekohe today. Good midweek meeting, and this is the future of the industry, mate. Midweek meeting, maiden races, $200,000 $200,000 in stakes $20,000 maiden races
0: How good's that? Very good I, I love a maiden race because you're looking at Horses are pretty even across the board All chasing that first win And you've got to take into account more than just the horse To get that to, across the line So um, I, That's, you know where you, you were away, what I was doing I was looking at the maidens and going Well, let's have a look, actually look at How the trainers going, uh, how the jockeys Are going, and then uh, pick a horse that they've put that jockey on, for instance, that's going all right, to try and get it across the line for the first time. So I think I've picked one today. Um, I'll throw that out when you're ready.
2: Oh, I'm, I've i got one as well in a maiden race. I, I'd love a crack up if we had either the same horse or uh, the same race and we're going head-to-head. What do you have?
0: Well, I I like getting off to a good start, so I'm going race one. And oh, beautiful. And I've found... Uh, McNabber on a horse called Heart of Aladdin, and I think I've had a look at it. I pulled it up this morning. It actually opened at thirteen dollars, and it's now yeah. into six bucks. So, um, yeah, someone knows something. I look. I like how he's gone. Nabs at the do moment. You wanna,
2: do sorry, you want to get? Sorry, Can I just stop you there? Do you want to know who knows something? Can I read you? Can I read you verbatim the tip? Sure. I've got no. Boys idea. get paid. Boys get paid, you familiar? Yes, of course I do, yeah. How's this on their Facebook page? I was up north on the weekend. Remember when we went up north and we had a similar occasion in this pub? I was up yeah. north on the weekend for a fishing weekend. I spent a fair bit of time at a bar called The Porthouse. I was probably about 600 beers deep and I ran into Kenny Ray. In my slightly inebriated state, I asked him to tip something I could put money on. He said race one at Pukekohe on Wednesday. With no other information than a very dusty memory, I thought I'd st- jump straight into 13s and $4 and see how we go. And boys get paid to this and said,
0: this is how plunges start. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously why it's coming to six bucks. I had no idea. But, uh, well, that's good. We're Obviously, well, I wasn't talking to um, Kenny Ray. I just thought <laughs> I like the way that Mab's going and he's on a maiden horse and it actually looks all right. I'm, I'm going to back that. Oh, that's, uh, so that's what I like. I think, there we go. Not just me. I'm not the only one backing it. It's okay. coming seven, seven points. Uh, heart of a heart of Aladdin. Race one, number seven. Puk- Pukikori.
2: Oh, I love it, Kimpy. I'm going race seven. I'm going to the same philosophy as you. Craig Grills jumps on a horse, Toko Ono, by Satono Aladdin. I'm taking on Arby because Arby is drawn really wide today and the rail's out, so you're going to need to be on the pace. Toko Ono, you're getting $3.80 right now. So there we go, Kimpy. I've got the same philosophy as you. And I'll tell you that horse I'm backing in Australia this weekend as well. Up after this, when we talk to Lauren Jenkins out of Wales, Here's I'll the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping Building New
6: Zealand. Um, yeah,
0: look, it's one of those times. I- I'm just waiting for NJU to make the announcements, really. Like, you have conversations in the background, but as an employee and understanding how important that, you know, you really go through clear processes. Uh, uh, probably what I'm saying is hopefully we you know in the next few days.
2: <laughs> Can you watch this? Get. Let's play, what, like, um, audio <laughs>
0: Cluedo. Ah! Splish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if there will be any bites this morning because, I like, after that, that came out yesterday, there would have been crisis talks last night about how they address it because surely, well, you're going to have cameras around. You know, Ian Foster's going to be chased down by, by Tally. <laughs> They're going to go to Razor again. Like, <laughs> there has to be something gasoline. It is. There's just. There's. There's just. I'm just getting a feeling that there's just more to come today. Well,
2: it looks like we've got a cooler Kemi.
0: We've we got, we got Graham calling in from Christchurch. Graham, what's your take on this whole situation?
6: Ah uh, well, but uh, I'm about the same as Louis. Yeah, it's a tricky one, but yeah, I think that. I think that if they back, if they go, well, they they haven't announced. They sort of did say that they were going to announce it before the World Cup, and now there seems to be a movement to do it after, which I can understand. I mean, I'm a Scott, like most Crusaders fans, if not all of them. I'm a Scott Robertson man, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I think well, I think he should get it. But I think that yeah, you know, I think they, I think you know, Foster, frustrated as he is, this, the team have to somehow. Or well, he has to get his head around it and just go ahead with the World Cup and win it, you know, hopefully. but And, um, you know, I think that they've got to put, you know, Razor in there as the coach, Or you know, or if they pick someone else, well, that would be, a well, I think it would be wrong, anyway, in my opinion. But I think that the timetable, I think they've they've chopped and changed now. I mean, last year it was a mess, and, you know, so it continues, as you say, Kemper, you know, so um, hopefully there's a... Have you, yep. Sorry.
0: Have you seen anything, Graham? In your time looking at the at at how this has played out, have you seen anything like this play out in your lifetime as an All Black supporter?
6: Oh no, no. because well, with social media and um, a lot more media outlets, it's it's a lot more electric, I suppose, for a, for a word. But you know, I remember Alex Wiley and John Hart. There was, yeah, that got that got pretty when they. You know, in 1991, you know, when Hart was put with Wiley and, you know, that, you know, it was sort of smiling through gritted teeth, and, you know, when they were both together, you know, and they went away and it was a disaster, you know, and so, and, you know, there's been a, there has been a bit of it before, you know, and I was always on Wiley's side, but I mean, you know, it was, people were pro or anti and, in that case, on this one, it's different again, but, you know, I have seen it before, but with the media, whole thing, web of the media, and it's not the media's fault either. People think it is, but or some people do, but it's just the fact that, yeah, the, I mean, the rugby union, uh, you know, have made a bit of a... I think they've made yeah. a mess of it for four years, actually, but anyway.
2: They've, you're right, Graham. They've just pulled gasoline on it over and over and over again, and all we do is... Just stoke the fire because well, it's it, this is sports talk radio. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You can literally have your say at any stage. And and Graham's right with the likes of SENZ and what we're doing. It, it does create a lot of hype around it. Foster sacked tomorrow and Razor in. You heard it first from Kingsley on double eight double three. It's not even necessarily about Ian Foster versus Scott Robertson and who should be the next coach, can be, It's about process and protocol and. I did think that it was the right thing to do to announce the coach before the World Cup, for clarity's sakes.
0: I think from it, you know, we talk a lot about the jersey, don't we? You know, we talk a lot about the jersey and what it means to players and All Blacks. Every kid in New Zealand wants to be an All Blacks. And you just had a a really strong brand and and a really good culture. Now, I have never in my entire time over the last 12 months been a, a mad All Blacks fan like every New Zealander, seen anything like this with the All Blacks. Just the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. The the jockeying for positions and the counter-punching and the way that things are played out publicly, I just look at it and go, I've never... Because for me, the All Blacks have always been the benchmark. mm of professionalism of professionalism like they've always been the benchmark you know when you when you're and having been in that position saying well i need benchmarks in new zealand well i'm going to have a look at what the all blacks are doing at the moment you 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 honestly have to say if i was sitting in this in a seat either as a ceo a coach or or a player and looking at benchmarks i wouldn't say that they're at the top
2: love it and and it's so true and and. Brenton says, has has Foster confirmed he wants to coach the All Blacks next year? Thanks, Brenton. Well, he has now, Brenton. And then Mark says, I just wonder who is advising Foster what to say and how much that person gets paid. Well, it's a good question, Mark, because I worry about Ian Foster now. Like, this is this stoking the fire to make this saga go on at the start of super rugby at the start of another year when we could have turned the page on rugby and the New Zealand rugby could have got the year off to a good start. And now their head coach has come out and given an exclusive interview to the New Zealand Herald to a controversial columnist like it. It is a bizarre tactic. It, just from my point of view, personally, it's a bizarre tactic. What do you think? 800 to eleven. Here's Araho with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand, Kimpy, he's got some more thoughts, and we'll get to these ticks after Joey's headlines on the other side as well. <laughs> SENZ, we're 27 away from 8 o'clock. We'll get some more of you in just a second. But Ken High is making your job easy. KenArts.co.nz. Talk to someone that's taken the Ken today. Joey's got some headlines.
3: Yes, well, obviously, the big talking point today is the Herald's exclusive with, with Ian Foster. But of course, it's still summer, and the Black Caps will look to change their fortunes when they face England in the second test at the Basement Reserve. Here are Daryl Mitchell's thoughts on what we've run in this last test.
0: Look, they scored more runs than us and and took more wickets, and that's the nature of the game. Um, It's not always going to go your way in test cricket. Uh, We understand that, and I guess the pink ball's always a new thing as well, learning how to adapt to different situations, and and to bat under lights is a a real challenge there. So, um, yeah, look, there's a few things we know that we can do better come that second test, um, but
3: also there's a lot of things that we're really proud of, of how we went about our business, and if we can rectify those other little things, we should be right. And as the team continues to look for answers, a returning Henry Nicholls' focus is firmly on the test at the Basin. Always uh, well-supported here in Wellington, and the Basin's always a great crowd. So, um, yeah, to hear that it's sold out for the first three days is amazing. And um, playing against England and and the style of cricket they've been playing is a very exciting one to watch as well. So um, it's been cool to to watch them play in that first game, and I'm sure uh, everyone's learnt a lot from that first game as well, and I look forward to uh, taking it to them. Uh, come Friday. And just in some rugby news, boys, Bowden Barrett has revealed he can see himself playing at least four more years for the All Blacks and has admitted the security of a long-term deal holds definite appeal for someone at the stage of his career. There you go. That's yeah, right. that's
2: right. That's interesting. <laughs> isn't it, Kempe? <laughs>
0: that's on the back of what we're talking about. We're going to get more of that coming out, 100%. I've just got to make a comment about Daryl Mitchell's comments here, Joe. Well done there putting that together. The clips are, are so insightful. But I loved his honesty. Well, they scored more runs and they took more wickets. <laughs> 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 like, Yeah, <laughs> like if I was a journalist and and he said that, I would have. Oh, I just want to picked my book up and gone home. Said, <laughs> "Thanks very much. That was really a really insightful way to to to, to answer the question." Um, but, but getting back to Bodie Barrett and this Ian Foster situation, Bodie Barrett's in. If, if it's a race, Bodie Barrett's midfield. There's a lot behind him that are about to come out. I'm telling you right now. There's a lot behind him that are about to come out and say, yep. Because you know what they're thinking. Like when I read that about Bodie Barrett, I'm thinking, well, Bodie's first cab off the ranks saying, well, well, I'm getting in there to talk contracts as well. Like if you want to open it's... up that, um, that book, I've got, I was surprised he said four years. I thought he might have said 10.
2: Wait, like it's this, this is a concerning trend of talking about your contracts and open forums to put heat on your employers and to just, you're essentially subtexting and, you know, you, you're talking to them through the media. It's um, <laughs> it's something different. And Kempi on Bodie, yeah, he's talking about his contracts. We've had an exodus of our top players, Artie Savia, Aaron Smith, Bo- Brody Retallick, all confirmed then you've got the Alex Nankovals of the world, the, the tear under them. They're all talking about their contracts post-World Cup and what's happening next. And have a look at this text from JJ.
0: Yeah, JJ here. He goes, the players are out there planning for 2024. I look, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. That's why they're all going to Japan. Why can't the coaches in NZR, uh, NZR do the same? Fozzie's job is to lead the team and his coaches. Focus on the game, Fozzie. The best thing he can do is win the Rugby World Cup. His record, as it is, won't get him the job. And... That was my point. Like when Milsey says your your, your final you've got the jersey, it's not your final destination. Fozzie, if he wants to coach, it's entirely up to the result on the Rugby World Cup. So I would be throwing the kitchen sink at the World Cup. And and this
2: is why when Ian Foster says this, my comments aren't of self interest. You can't take it for real because of course it is, and and that makes sense, Kimpy. And why he shouldn't even have to shy away from that
0: No, not at all not, a, not at all. and, and I, I think whoever's given them the advice or whoever gave him the advice to go public and step outside the circle because that's what he's done he's gone right I'll take everything and I'll step outside the circle and wait for a counterpunch he's put himself in he's I think he's got himself in now a no-win situation.
2: I, I agree, and that's why I'm a bit worried. And, and that's why I said I hope New Zealand Rugby missed this. I hope they missed this front-page Herald article. I don't know if they will.
0: <laughs> Not a chance.
2: <laughs> but I hope they do for his sake. It, it just it is, It's bizarre. At the end of the day, Ian's job is on the line. If his employee can come out publicly and create conjecture around his job, surely he's entitled to make public views and concerns. Strip it back. It's an employee-employer issue being played out publicly. Bang on, Chris. And that's why he is entitled to do it. Yeah, I agree, Chris. Of course, he's played the game that's been set up for him. What, what's what's the saying? The them them's the rules. You know, like that. That's the that's it. He's just now moving the. He's been backed into a corner where he has to play the chess game.
0: Yeah, and Chris, and not the first time. Not the first time is he? You know, like it, the the whole saga last year and and rolling out a press conference post the the game against South Africa to confirm his role um i look i just think he's at the end of the end of his tether like he's wanting to to work closely with him and he's gone i'm actually being set up here i for me it looks like he's going i'm doing this on my terms if you don't want to help me i'm going to do it on my own terms
2: Let's talk some racing because midweek racing returns to Pukekohe today with just a lazy 200000 on offer for maiden races as we adjust to the new era of Auckland Thoroughbred Racing and very promising stakes money. Pukekohe has had a huge workload this summer and hosts the Auckland Cup while the Ellerslie track is still under construction to provide a world-class surface to race on for the future. It is the future he is the future is Paul Wilcox, CEO of Auckland
0: Thoroughbred Racing. Hello, Paul.
5: Hey, how are you, Louie? And Kempi, how are you, my man?
0: <laughs> I'm good, mate. You got plenty of facts for us today, Paul?
5: No, no, no. I'm I'm just gonna apologize in advance. I've just dropped my daughter at school and uh, if there's any bad language it's the Auckland traffic, there you go. There's your tip for the day.
0: <laughs> Mate, how's it looking? How's the track going? How's the build around Ellerslie going? Especially with all this, I guess this rain and and uh, and cyclonic weather we've had lately.
5: Yeah, look. First, to be remiss not to, to say our thoughts are with uh, the people in the uh, Gisborne and, and Hawke's Bay region, as well as up far up north and and. Uh, Out Mirawai as well, but uh, we had our fair share of water as well, Kempy. But uh, look, uh, it's look no two ways about it. It's uh, definitely put a a little bit of a delay on on the build because they couldn't work when it was raining, and then you have to wait for the for the earth to dry out a little bit. But uh, last last week or two's been very good, and so they've uh, had all hands on deck, and and we're uh, starting to progress. So it's going well.
2: P-Dub, explain this to me like I'm five. How and what you see you're going to get out of your new track when it's completed?
5: Uh, Pretty simply it's going to be a consistent surface that's going to be better for the horses Uh, and not only that but uh, when we do have rain events uh, leading up to a race day, it's not going to take the effect or or add to the effect that it normally does on on a normal turf track. This is still a turf track obviously but with the sand profile and, and technology uh, underneath the grass that helps it recover gets the water through it quicker that makes it uh, not as uh, or, or it's not dependent on the weather to make a change so adds, adds, it's better for the
0: horse it's better for the owners and, and, and importantly better for the punters as well Hey Paul, this far out can you sort of give us an indication of how often you'll hope to be racing uh, at the new Ellerslie when it's done, and, and what will koi be uh, mainly used for?
5: Uh, a, lot of, a lot of different factors are going to go into that, Tony. Uh, number one, obviously we have to get the programming uh, sorted with NZTR and and other clubs as well, but Koi, for example, that, that will be used for what we call industry days, so days very much like what we've got this afternoon uh, where it's normally more maiden type races. We, we believe at this stage our, our focus is still having Counties Cup Day out there because it's important for that community, the, the greater Pukakaui community and let's and them by this year how, how well they've actually supported us uh, with a lot of different race days that they wouldn't normally get out there Having their first Group One, uh, obviously we had the Boxing Day races. We had Karaka Million. They really got out in droves and supported it, which is great. But look, ultimately between the two clubs, uh, when we when we kick off in Ellerslie and Pokakoi, we'll be looking uh, and 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 not immediately because we're not going to overtax the new track because that's one way. It's a slippery slope if you over race on a on a new surface. You need to let it get bedded in, but We'll be looking to get up to twenty nine, thirty races uh, in year two once the track's back, and then we'll just progress from there.
2: Right. So, Paul, we've got the Derby well,
5: next well, weekend. That was a long ended way without really saying much, actually. To be fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should
2: we get Al Sharik on to give you a spray? Um, yeah. No, we won't. We, we won't do that. We'll just we'll let that one go, Paul. I, we appreciate your time, especially because you've been under the weather, mate. But to next weekend derby at Tarapa, then the Auckland Cup. How strange is it going to be to have the derby run it with the Waikato Racing Club? But also, how important has your relationship with been with Butch Castles and the whole club down there to make sure that this season can still go along and we can still have great fair racing?
5: Good question, Louis. Uh, not strange, just be different. Uh, relationship with the uh, Waikato Racing Club is very strong uh, and shown by the fact that we're actually sponsoring the Derby. Uh, we wanted to help them out and ensure that uh, it was uh, kept at uh, at the level that it is, which is a million dollars, and, and also take a lot of those stresses and pressures off uh, Butch trying to have to worry about getting a sponsor for one year down in, down in the Waikato. So Uh, very, very important race in the New Zealand calendar. We've obviously got an extremely good three-year-old crop this year. Uh, Sharp and Smart looks a horse to beat him, and uh, we've got Pokesley Prowess in there, so I think it'll be a gun race, and uh, one that's deserved of having the title is uh, the New Zealand Derby.
2: Did you just tip Sharp and Smart?
5: Uh, Look, Sharp and Smart is definitely the horse to beat, but that Prowess is also a very special horse. So uh, we all know in racing, uh, it's the horse that turns up on the day. But uh, those are the two stars in there. But uh, as we've seen in many a derby, uh, horses at 100 to 1, just ask Stephen Marsh, they can, they can come in as well. But Prowess is going to be on, on, a, on a best game to beat, sharp and smart, that's for sure.
4: Well, I hope
2: you get off that fence in time to make it to work this morning, Paul. Appreciate you <laughs> dialling <laughs> di- <laughs> in for a, a, it's, it's ch- a good, chat, all things good. Auckland Thoroughbred Racing. We can't wait to punt Pukakoi today. It's a soft five. It should be beautiful. Jason and the crew do such a good job out there. It's fine weather, so we look forward to it, mate. Thank you for your time.
5: Thank you. Very sharp fence. Good
0: Paul Wilcox, he's a terrific guy. He is a good man, good man, and uh, yeah, doing some wonderful things down there, Ellerslie. I can't wait to get back in there and have a look. Uh, I honestly think it should be the premier. I've said this to Paul. It should be the premier race course and they should have all the premier races there um, throughout the year, and then take races out from Ellerslie for all the other races that need to happen. So, uh, it is going to be interesting to see how uh, New Zealand uh, thoroughbred actually handle the race courses once they're all done
2: yeah the calendar is very curious calendar, right 100%. yeah it's very curious uh after this we're gonna get back to your text messages on ian foster or you have lit us up like a christmas tree here in the middle of february back with that after this uh, we're talking all things racing with paul walcox but we're also talking about ian foster's exclusive interview he gave gregor paul at the new zealand herald and what that means for well the rest of the rugby public this year, Kimpi, and we've had plenty of text messages coming in, including one from Grant there.
0: Yeah, Grant says, hi guys, the reason we haven't been focusing on World Cup as a public anyway is we were just a bit taken back by how poor the ABs had become setting all sorts of records for the wrong reasons. Surely Fozzie must understand this, um, this has done him no good, sometimes seem disconnected from reality. Also, yep. They have a huge communication issue going on at headquarters. Chairs. that's from Grant. And yeah, Grant, it's you know it hurts. It does hurt the New Zealand public. It does hurt when our number one team in this country, Louis, is is not sitting at number one in the world because we're so used to it. And the reaction, and I guess from not just down at headquarters but from the country, is it's a, it's foreign territory. It is we are, we are actually walking in waters that we haven't walked in before.
2: Yeah, it is. It is totally. And, and it's creating well massive flux for not just the All Blacks and results, but also off the field for the people. And I just want to reiterate this. Stratty says Fozzie's on a hiding to nothing. How the hell is the All Blacks going to win the World Cup with this crap going on? I feel bad for Ian Foster that he feels like this was his only way out. And apparently he's given an interview to Mike Hosking this morning. So he's doubled down with NZME and he's spoken to Hosking. To, to be backed into a corner to that degree, to feel like your only way to get through to your employers or maybe to to make a point is to do it in the media, that must be a really tough position to be in, Kempi. That must be quite distressing for him.
0: Oh, that's, yeah. It, it, like, I, f- I do feel for Fozzie that he's been put in that position. Um, I can't, you know, for the life of me, I want to think that, you know, New Zealand rugby are over it, but they're obviously not. Yeah. And we're not over it. We'll
2: keep talking about it next hour. Here's Oroho with the news for together. We're shaping and building in New Zealand. We'll also talk to Francis Smalley. Can't wait for this.
0: Great morning so far. Talking everything from rugby to racing. Paul Wilcox catching up with him and what the work's happening, all the work that's been happening at Ellerslie. You can listen to that on our SENZ app. Izzy and Kempy for breakfast go along there. And also, Louis chucked out a few juicy odds a couple of horses here in New Zealand, and one good one in Aussie. So, if you want to listen to that, as you can keep you for breakfast on the on the app, we'll give you all that stuff. Uh, 0800 811 or double eight double three on the temper bed post uh, text machine. If you've got anything, it's lit it's lit up this morning. The text machine, Louis, talking about what's happened with uh, Ian Foster and the NZR. Interesting, to say the least.
2: Oh, and if our text machine and our kind of correspondence we've had back is any sort of straw poll around what people think about this play, ploy, play, whatever tactic it is for Ian Foster, um, it's people are people are pretty unhappy about the way that this has played out. Again, I think your point in the first place, Kempe, that this is more of a blight on New Zealand rugby than Foster personally is a good one. But people like JJ, PJ here, with the pressure NZR have come under from the appointment of Fozzie to the very poor performance. The records he set loss against Ireland and Argentina, they will not take this poke in the eye kindly. And I don't believe Fozzie has much credit with them. And he could, s- starting another test with a game plan with his record, the scoreboard will show them how, show them he's on the losing side. And there's, that's kind of the, the sentiment we're getting from the text line. It's kind of like, yeah, well, Ian Foster, is this really the best ploy for you personally with your position with the team? Like, Robbo must be
0: what, – what, what do you think he's thinking right now? Well, it's – to be honest, I don't know because it's not the first time. And, and like, I, I think what Robbo, you know, should do is just front-foot it. Like front-foot it and get back in front of it as opposed to um, this reactionary way they handle things, you know. Like you're dead right, Louis, and, and our texas have picked it up. It's, they're basically saying he's been backed into a corner. Like, to go on Hosking this morning, you know, he's obviously trying to get a message out, and um, I don't think it's a really good message for the NZR.
2: Well, you know, it t- kind of tells me that it's kind of it's half-orchestrated as well, like exclusive in the Herald, biggest talk radio station the next morning. It, I mean, are we going to... Like is there a chance we this supercharges it and we've got a new All Blacks coach for the next year at the end by the end of this week? Oh, anyway, look, there's so many rabbit holes to go down here, Kimpi, but I think we should probably just talk the real real overball code. <laughs> Sorry, Izzy.
0: I like- and as he's listening to, he's loving the show this morning from his bed. Uh, yeah, mate, we can't wait for you to get back and join us tomorrow. My good mate, uh, Dagger And But uh, we're going to go to the the other overball ball code, Rugby League. And you know, I can't wait to talk to this player. He could play Francis Malley. Uh, it was just over a week out from the NRL season kicking off. And I uh, couldn't be more excited that the Warriors start the year off on the right foot against Newcastle and Wellington. I really hope. They play them twice in the first six rounds. So home and away. Hopefully they'll be able to put together a string of performances this season that the old boys can be proud of, because there's lots of them around now. The club, I spoke to Monty uh, last night. He's leading the way. And one of those other players that um, is an old boy, and he'd be a happy man too. Francis Mellie's joining us this morning. Morning, Franny. How are you?
4: Yeah, morning, now uh, Not too bad, mate.
0: Mate, you might mu- like... You must have had a big smile on your face watching your old team, St Helens, get, uh, get the club championship over Penrith on the weekend.
4: Yeah, funny enough, we're watching it at the, at the bar with a few of the older Aussie boys there on the weekend. Uh, yeah, no, it was a good result for them. I think it, uh, it was important for them to travel over. They've come close a few times and, um, you know, couldn't get their job done on home soil. So for them to come over with a real solid team, um, it's going to be a big boost to their season. Mate, you 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 were part of that that start
0: of that dynasty when when Ando um, picked you up and took you over there, and you you had scored a thousand tries for them like you did for the Warriors. What what <laughs> is so special for that club, St Helens? Well,
4: um, oh, just um, you know the history. It's you know, over a hundred years old, and just um, what it means to the community and the and the fans. Um, it's pretty much. Um, it's pretty much their football team but it, in terms of rugby league and it's one of those clubs that's probably probably the one top two in the UK in which they treat it like the like the NRL club so they train hard and made it um you know they don't take it easy. I thought I was going for a holiday and I got a bit of a shock so <laughs> um, you know, they have got good juniors. They it's just it's just you know, it's no different to some of these top N R L clubs or where they feed their juniors through. So, you know, they work hard and and when they do recruit, you know, they're getting them the top of um, the top end of the Aussies or the Kiwis coming over and you know and you're and you're held accountable for your sort of performances. So you know that's that's where that club is and it's you know got a proud history. Similar to Wigan back in the days.
0: Mate, were you surprised? Like I I was watching the game and you know, Penrith have been on this this run. They're going for a three peat this year. Uh Everyone, including Full Gold, said, said they'd declare at half time Penrith. But were you surprised, mate, that, that St. Helens actually came over here and handed it to probably the best team we've seen uh, in the last couple of years?
4: Um, not quite. Just seeing the, um, the team list and the way they were stacking up for, for Penrith, That a few guys playing out of different positions, um, especially a fullback. And then I looked at the St. Helens um, team, and people don't realise that the um, only 80% of their, their, their team was, um, you know, they're international players. You had Johnny Lomax, you had uh, Alex that didn't play in the World Cup, you had uh, a few others that were injured. So it's, um, and their preseason started early. Some of those Penrith boys still have the rest, some of their superstars and and with some of their new uh, young bucks they're still working in combination with St. Helens. Of, um, that, that's a solid team. They kind of know what they're doing and and they've got some pretty big boys and young boys as well energetic so the way they've played is pretty like it's pretty much the same as Penrith they chuck the ball around and the kick chase is pretty honest so you know I wasn't surprised but I was surprised at
2: the score at the end Yeah it was a, it was interesting Francis Louis here man it's so good to have you on SCNZ you're an absolute legend uh, so many people will be absolutely loving hearing you right now and we do remember seeing you score millions of tries when you watch the kind of current style of footy, has the the wing centre, that kind of outsides play, changed and developed much? Or most of the fundamentals around kick chase and kind of positioning on defence and attack, is it still mostly the same?
4: Yeah, I think the game's changed a bit, you know, in in terms of what um, coaches are looking for. I think back when I was playing, um, um, a lot of players were coming off um, with... you know, different skill sets. I think back then we were we were always talented, Bonando introduced us to a lot of skill sets where you had to play two or three positions on the field and in order to do that you had to understand the game and then you had to teach all the stuff to go with it. Offloads not to not to offload, um, kicking and keeping those this may we, we sort of practice every single thing, backs were practicing um, halves, like kicking catching. So we kind of covered a lot of those and it was pretty much um, to be prepared and probably of any sort of circumstances we got ourselves in. So where you see now it's kind of more specialized. Um, you see a couple of like the senior roosters have gone down the, um, the road where Melbourne used to go to just pick the few wingers, tall and lanky, which are mobile. Um, and that's the kind of strength they're, you know, they're sort of looking at so it, it, it has changed a lot in those terms I don't think you can see many wingers that can play centre full or probably slip into the second role or lock now nowadays it's just, everything's all seems to be specialised
0: Mate you look at um, just touching on that you're looking at the Warriors now you're, you're living back in New Zealand and uh, you've seen success there at the club and, and watched how they've rolled around the last few years chasing success what what, if anything, have you noticed in the last couple of games um do you like about the side going into twenty
4: twenty three No well, I popped down and saw the boys before Christmas it's just just um just to watch out game, and you know I was surprised to see that um boys were looking real fit pretty lean um I think I spoke to Murdoch Masilla before he left um and just, you know, was curious because I didn't I was a bit sort of confused. I couldn't tell the prop from the from the back rowers and I kinda asked little <laughs> what, what his um what is um what his weight was and he said he was about 180. hundred and eight. He said, oh, man, the game's changed so so much now than in the fours because of the speed and the uh, repeat sets. Um um said and uh, you know, not not many fours have gone past that sort of hundred and ten mark anymore. So, you know, that was a bit of a open opener and. And, and saying that, it's, you also got to have that depth as well to sort of um, have those sort of two main guys in the fours that can play their robust roles.
2: I've asked Kimby about this plenty, Francis, but I'm curious to know your take. Like, do, do you worry or are you a little bit disappointed that the, some of the physicality has come out of the game? And obviously, like, player and, and people's safety and. When we learn more about head injuries and that sort of thing is paramount. But at the same time, like you talk about those players getting lean, and I'm sure when you were going around, there's just some players you never would have run at ever, and nowadays it's kind of probably less like that. Do you kind of lament that
4: change or Oh, definitely, you know, I would have felt real comfortable playing at this sort of era now. I mean, you know, you've got to play much, much, much longer. I, I came in the era where when I first started as a young kid in 1819 and, and with unlimited um, interchanges and I was getting as you know as a back I was getting fast every time because the four is always fresh um,
6: <laughs> you know it's
4: always good to have the contact in our sport you know that's what we're known for and it just brings that um that entertainment side of things to it but you know with the with the games changing with the head knocks and um, the game's always trying to improve and um, I Think they're trying to match that um, physical aspect to the speed of the game, and now we've got the sort of guys diving around on the on scoring in the corners. I think that makes it for that sort of entertainment. But no, it's um, I think it's probably better for the game, but it's you know, you always it's always hard to compare that sort of um, physical uh, side of things, and I think you know, we put it down those um, different areas. In, in which people played so you know the ones that play that sort of tough mentality hard footy I'm um, always going um, to struggle compared to the to, to the new era of the game
0: yeah you're dead right Frenny. it's a, so, a such a good um, such a good answer to that one too Yeah. You know, the I like the one that you probably you'd probably last you'd go and play in the middle mate you'd last 80 minutes you the way that you played um <laughs> hey um just just tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days i know you i know you're getting into coaching and, and you're enjoying that sort of side of things and you want to want to take your coaching career um further but w- what are you actually uh, doing during the day oh so my um day
4: to day job is um so i'm a, i'm a employed um, by the New Zealand police so all i do mate um you know i'm working with the just partnerships within the community and just trying to figure out, um, um, different resources and trying to, um, get our, Tahi and, and, and their families, um, just, just on that sort of, um, positive path. So, you know, there's my roles is from talking to local MPs, as sort of talking to the family that's struggling. Um, so that's, so that's my key role. I'm just working with, um, in the education sector and pretty much just, um, See where I can help families that sort of show when some of them sort of lead to sports which um, I, I get the opportunity to take um, some people have never been to a game mate just to watch some of the Warriors now I've got the opportunity again after what our country's been through in the last couple of years
0: Oh well mate thanks a lot um, for sharing that with us and, and also your knowledge on the game mate it's been absolutely fantastic listening to to you this morning um, mate go well and and uh, I look forward to catching up with you again, Franny. It's, a, it's been great talking to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning. Um, but you just go, well, mate, get, get the old boys together, get down there and just tell a few stories. And, and uh, I know that you've got plenty. And and uh, go <laughs> and enjoy, hopefully, like myself, uh, this 2023 season. Thanks for joining us this morning.
4: Yeah, definitely, Kevin. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Francis Malley. Mate, he's come a long way, Franny. A lot of <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna talk to him. There's a little a story, mate. One time he fell asleep in the in the um in the video session. Like <laughs> Ando's <laughs> doing a video session and I'm sitting behind Ando just looking around and Franny's sort of sitting there watching you. Because some of them did go a little bit long, you know what I mean? And Franny was he's a hard case and he just he was looking, looking, looking and then his eyes just closed. <laughs> I sort of giggled and walked up and just gave him a little push. <laughs> Beforehand don't teed off. So um <laughs> mate, to hear to hear the way that he talks about outside backs and, oh, and physicality. Mate, fascinating. Fascinating. Very, very good chat.
2: Oh, I'm a little bit. We, you know, that's so funny who you get starstruck by. Like, I'm sure there's, there's people that I've, you know, we've interviewed that you kind of don't really think about it. But it's like Francis Smalley, for some reason, it's like, oh, my God, that's Francis Smalley. Like, he's a legend. He Scored so many tries and was so crafty. Like, so crafty. Just always seemed to be one step ahead of his uh, matchup. Man, you just put, you could drop him in any era of rugby league, and you would be able to talk to this kempi and he would succeed. He just had the right skill set, didn't he?
0: He was he was so good. Like you know, he played in that 100th test out at Albany um, alongside Clinton Toope and and Vinny Anderson in the outside backs, and was just so good that day. Um, but he was so good on a lot of days, you know. Like like I said, we used to throw him when the forwards got tired, you know, because that's a difference today. Is forwards can play for eighty minutes, you know. The the the, the summation of Fanua Blake. Dropping down to 108 kilos when he should be 120 kilos um, is to last longer in the football game. Well, in our day and in Franny's day, Ford's got tired. So we used to shift him from the wing to the middle and just throw him the football because his footwork and his speed off a real short start, just oh, he'd yeah. catch people out all the time, mate. And of course, he's a, he played at about 103 kilos, 104 kilos. So he wasn't a small winger, six foot two, nah. um, and he could whack. You know, So that's when he said, well, you know, I was a winger, when I used to run on the fours, I used to get whacked. Yeah, well, mate, if you ran anywhere near him and there's some footage, he would whack you too. So he, he, he dished out as good as he got. Oh, I'm off going
2: to gonna, I'm gonna go watch some um, Francis Mellie highlights right now. I'm going to go put up his his mixtape, his biggest hits. That was awesome. And we'll have to get him back for a more than an athlete segment uh, with Tremaine Real Estate as well, Kempi, because tomorrow, that's uh, Thursdays, we'll get him back because it sounds like he's doing some fascinating work with the police and in his community, which is exactly what we love to talk about in Izzy and, and for breakfast. There's a text here from Jamie. Great show, guys. Looking forward to a good NRL season. Do you guys know if there's any word of the Kiwis are playing this year? I've just had a quick look, and Michael Burgess had an article at the end of last year saying that they want to play four tests, including in a home and away series against Australia. Is that what you're hearing, Kimby?
0: Yeah, it's mate. What they want, what they get are two different things. You know, they'll be lucky to get one one test, which is generally the Anzac test, and if it's not the Anzac test, it's a test at the end of the year. Um, Yeah. I'm really sorry, Jamie, but that's that's the, the nature of international football. It doesn't play precedent over Origin and, and the NRL. And with this new CBA, Louis, one of the biggest problems. Look, and I spoke to a guy about this just really quickly, and I got a phone call from a from a lawyer in England last week. I was just lying in bed, and my phone went, and it's an English number, it's a lawyer in England. And he's talking about um, head concussions. So no. he's, t- he's telling me about what's going on up in England. There's a massive case up in England being put to the government about training. So he started telling me about NFL and, and limiting players' training at compact, uh, contact, which made a lot of sense because a lot of the contact in training these days...
2: Repetition. The-
0: yeah. Is, but what he was basically saying is they're limiting time, which, which, if you look at in uh, the bigger picture, which means international football is going to be limited because players' time is going to be used up on a schedule. If this actually gets put through, it kind of reminds me of bowling loads for fast bowlers. You can
2: only bowl this many in a calendar, you know, a period of time, because otherwise the stress on your body creates too much, and then so that then limits on how much they can actually play.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it is. F- It's fascinating where the game is actually going. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much going on at the moment to now we're talking about you're actually going to have a, at the beginning of the year, you're going to have a full tank and you're going to be monitored. Eventually, this is what the future looks like. When it's empty, you're out.
2: Well, you are the oracle. And one of my great questions around crystal ball gazing is what rugby and rugby league looks like in 10, 15, 20 years. Like, is the sport reminiscent of what we had in the early 2000s does it even look like what we had now evolution's obviously one thing but with safety and science involved that's another complete thing remember we've got chris nowinski from um the concussion legacy foundation we had him on the show and you and is he gonna chat to him or you might have already but i think he's coming to new zealand yeah so we have to catch up with him
0: yeah he is and we have we have had a chat to him i've definitely had a chat to him Um, and he's handed us a a name at Albany at the university over there to talk to as well. Um, It is fascinating. He's, like, so into following up on this CTE issue. Um, And I see yesterday Josh Cronfield come out and said that he's got no problem donating his brain to to science for, um, for it to be looked at for CTE. So I think you're going to see more players, as time passes, go, well, you know, we'll help with the evolution of the sport, you better understand it. And I just think, you know, what Josh has done is a, is a great thing.
2: Oh, I saw that too. And I, do you know what I thought? I thought I'm so proud that we had that show that morning where you and Izzy said that you would help with uh, Chris as well. That was a really special morning. That was on our podcast channel, Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Chris Nowinski, you can go back and listen to that. We'll catch up with him again soon. Francis Malley is also on our podcast. That was awesome. Uh, talking to one of the, the old childhood heroes, legendary Francis Malley. And... um up after this, we've got to get back into some of these text machine to the, to the text machine, Kimpy, because Ian Foster, well, he's got you worked up this morning, 23 minutes past 8, here with Chemistry House, the real house of fragrance. Back soon. Coming up to half past 8, remember we've got Michael Walker, recently retired, uh, wow, well, let's call him a legendary jockey because he won about nearly 30 group ones, and Kimpy knows him well. He's coming up at about 20 to 9. tab.co.nz is where we'll go to have a bet today, Kimpy. And I'm just having a look. You've gone race one, heart of Aladdin into five bucks from thirteens, mate. So you have <laughs> smacked this.
0: They've jumped in. They've jumped in. Yeah, no, it's uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone knows something. Can <laughs> it opened at thirteens? How's that? Some, you do like that though. You do like that when it comes in like that because then you know that some, something's up. It's going to run.
2: Yeah, the rumour mill's been swirling in the north. Uh, I've tipped Toko Ono in race seven to beat Arby, who's drawn out wide. Toko Ono barrier two. It's $4 into 3.30. Here's the key at Pukekohe today. You want to be on the speed. It's the, the rail's out. It's tight turning enough as it is. You want to be up on the speed, pinging along. Um, and that's... Where we're going, tab.co.nz to get those bets on R18 Gamma responsibly. Rob E, is Robbie there? No, Joe's there. We've got a text here. If Razor said nothing earlier, this would not have happened, but Foster shouldn't be there. Put Razor in charge now. Go the Blues. That's quite a confused texter. It's someone
0: that wants Razor in charge, but also go the Blues. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Well, I think he's sitting on the fence. He's the Blues. He's also got the Chiefs and, and the Crusaders in there. Still picking his side. You can go he can what? get onto to S C N Z and get in the tipping competition too. That that that's three. He's got three he's got three chances.
2: God, gee, you're good, Ken You
0: are, <laughs> gee, you're sharp. Managed to get a little plug in for the,
2: the tipping competition, which is open right now. You could win the Ultimate New Zealand sports experience for you and a mate with two thousand five hundred. Sign up and play now at tipping radio N Z. Take on the Kemp Master, the Oracle. Uh get after another this lunch. we're gonna have a,
0: I like that, Louie. I like how you try to get me with that one. Double or nothing. But, <laughs> Let me just say, if you're listening, if anyone ever <coughs> says to you, double or nothing, remember, you already had something. You don't play for double or nothing. It's called double, double or nothing. So <laughs> it doesn't go one to two. It goes one to four. That's just the
2: simple physics of gambling, isn't it, Kimpy? <laughs> it
0: is, it is.
2: <laughs> uh, you're too good there. Uh, we're going to do NRL. We're going to run an NRL tipping competition on ES- uh, SNZ Breakfast, Izzy and Kempe. We'll let you know about that next week. But we'll get some headlines with Joey, get to some more of your texts, and then catch up with Mike Walker. Before we're done, gee, it's been a big morning. Here's Aroha with the News for Kubota together with Shaping and Building Aotearoa. Mm-hmm. Yes, CNZ, we're 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock right now. Thank you, Aroha. Let's get some more sports headlines with Joey and Gull fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your good, your local for some good value fuel. Visit NZ. What do you have for us, Joseph?
3: Yes, it's not looking too good for the White Ferns, boys. South Africa just need 40 runs from 40 balls to beat Bangladesh, knocking the White Ferns out of the World Cup and punching their ticket to the semifinals. So, that's not good, boys. And uh, Brittany Griner has officially uh, signed with the Phoenix Mercury. She was obviously in uh, prison last year in Russia. She was released in December, and she is back with the team. And also, boys, Liverpool is playing Real Madrid at 9 a.m. today in Champions Ooh. League action. Jurgen Klopp, I don't don't have the clip for this, but Jurgen Klopp said that uh, yesterday he watched the final for the first time ever where they got absolutely killed. What was the score, Louis? Like three... One four nil, maybe four nil, four yeah. nil. Yeah, yeah. He said it still gives him nightmares, and he finally got up the courage to watch it, and it gave him chills. So they're looking for revenge today, boys. There you go.
2: Did how did you, you your teams go with the old revenge clash, Kimpy? Did you did you have a good record in the revenge
0: clash? Oh, yes. Well, didn't get too many against Aussie, um, but we enjoyed it. I, I just I, I had a thing about playing against Australians. I was telling, you know, I played at um, Paris Saint-Germain's uh, football ground over in Paris. So we went over there, I, mate, and of course the Paris team, they weren't called uh, Catalans, and they were actually called Paris Saint-Germain. That's what the, oh. the team was. And they played at that fantastic football stadium. So there was a sprinkling of people there. It wasn't full with like 110,000 people, but their team was all Aussies, mate. And I was a pretty angry man that night. It was like... Anytime we played against the Aussies that was a team full of Aussies, it was like, yeah.
2: So that's just like permanent revenge,
0: almost yeah. like, a, <laughs> well, like well, a... I think all Kiwis are like that. You know what I mean?
2: I, I agree. and you It know, becomes they, back out footy. They're quite dismissive of, of us, the Australians. A um, couple of quick texts before we give enough time to catch up with Michael Walker. I'm really excited to catch up with Mickey. I'm really, really excited. What a wonderful career. I'm looking forward to celebrating it with them. And I also need to say thanks for getting uh, Sherwood Forest home in the Derby a couple of years ago because mm. I collected a massive first four. So I need to say thanks personally for that. Cookie says, geez, I thought Steve Chu was Teflon, but Robinson has left him for dead. It all comes from the top.
0: <laughs> they can't, they, honestly, you can keep reading. There's a ton of them. To me, boys, we wouldn't have this conversation if he was a decent coach. Station wine was a reason why we turned it around. That's from Kevin. Um, i I, I got to say if there's anyone wh- whose job is safe in there it is Jace Ryan
2: that's that's true that is true and Ian Foster in this exclusive interview he gave to or Paul and the Herald said that he doesn't really want his staff having to jockey for positions and that's why he didn't want the coach named now well here's the thing if the coach is named after the World Cup the assistant coaches are already going to be jockeying for positions just probably different jobs Kimpy.
0: yeah and it's not it's not that they're um, jockeying for different positions. I got a text this morning too, as he's lying in bed, um, listening to us, and he he actually sent through and he goes, you know, as a player, you never wait to sort your future out. You want to not, you want it sorted straight away, and he and he and he see, says the same goes for coaches as well. So, what's going on at the moment is all that uncertainty, like we're seeing players go. Well, Bodie Barrett comes in and says, I want four years. You know what I mean? You got all this um uncertainty around well what am I doing? Am, am I if Fozzie's going, Am I here or am I gone? You know, and Ray's is saying, What am I doing? Am I in or well, am I out?
2: It's such a great point by the dagger bill. But then why why does Ian Foster not want it
0: settled? Yeah, but see I think it's the other way. I think he doesn't want it settled because he wants the job.
2: Yes, that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is exactly right, Kim. And that's kind of the rhetorical question. That's that's exactly right. That that's the only explanation, right? The
0: only explanation I can think of. Yeah, that makes me too. sense.
2: Yeah, we're on the same page here, mate. Good to hear from you, Izzy. Uh, back tomorrow after we jaunt into. Palmerston North. After this, Michael Walker looking forward to this, recently retired after a gnarly uh, set of injuries but we'll catch up with Mickey and we'll say congratulations for it. It's been a very special career for a very special rider. He's won plenty of group ones. We're going to talk to Kempy's old mate just after this.
0: Yes, well last week saw the retirement of my good mate, one of New Zealand's best jockeys, Mickey Walker. Over this glittering, Over this glittering career, Mickey amassed more than 2,000 wins across Australasia and Asia. How good with 25 Group 1s to his name, he'll step away. And I look, I don't think just as one of the most beloved jockeys in this industry, I think he has to go down as one of the greatest jockeys we've ever had in this country. He's got to be on the lips of everyone. He joins us this morning to reflect on his incredible career after a chat yesterday. and Mickey, how are you going this morning, mate? Are you there, Mickey? Yep, you there? Yeah, mate. How you going? How are you, how, how are you, mate? I just uh, geez, I gave you a big rap then, too, <laughs> coming in. I hope you heard it all. How are you feeling, mate?
1: Before, and you didn't hear me, more than a Mac, um, I'm pretty good. Uh, naturally, oh, there's a lot of uh, hurdles in front of me, but um, we'll get through it.
0: Mate, retiring. You've had a, a glittering career, over two thousand wins and twenty five Group Ones uh, to your name. Just the, the the career that you had, mate. Is, you got fond memories.
1: Um, mate, there's plenty of of, of fond memories. Um, you know, Alan Sharrock, the Sharrock family, for what they had done for me early on. I can never thank them enough, and. You know, as you know, Al's like my old man. Alan's like my old man, and uh, to be able to um, win his first Group One for him, uh, just the things that we did together. You know, um, all his owners, uh, I can never thank them enough. Uh, there's just so many glittering memories in my in my career. You know, three New Zealand Derbys. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things there, uh, but I tell you, for me. And I've said it the whole way along. The, the most enjoyable thing for me was coming back to a winner's stall and seeing the smile on owners' faces. It was just priceless, you know.
2: Hey, thank you so much for taking the call nice and early. Um, oh, just as a punter and a racing fan and tragic, it's just a, it was an honour to watch you go about your business throughout your career, man. Just. Style that no one will replicate, and and seriously, some one of you know one of the best big race riders. It was a pleasure to back you, and it was a pleasure to cash the tickets on you, and it, that joy for racing and seeing that joy on owners' faces is that what, and trainers as well, and your connections is that what kept you going?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, uh, you know, it didn't matter where I won a race, whether it was um, at my local home track at, at New Plymouth or a Group 1 derby. Just the, the satisfaction and the, the enjoyment and just the pleasure I got out of seeing owners, whether as a maiden or a Group 1, it didn't matter, just winning a race for people and seeing how much, you, you know, they get to take a, a photo home and, and put on their wall and, and they get friends and family come around and say, look, there's our horse that won. It was just just so much enjoyment. And, um, you know, my career's had to end and not, not through my my um, doing. Like I, I don't didn't want to, but through injury I've had to. So, not the way I wanted to go out. But hey, guys, I, I just hope that I was able to give a lot of enjoyment to connections throughout my years of riding.
0: You certainly, you certainly done that, Mickey, and and you will do for. Forever, you're, you're etched in eternity through uh, socials, especially on YouTube. If people want to get on there and have a look at those twenty-five Group One wins, um, mate. You've got a young family, uh, time now to spend with your your young boy, and and I see that you just recently, as as of last week, got engaged to get married as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, engaged to Lauren. She's a beautiful person who I love dearly. Um, Case, I mean, Cash and Kai, our two boys. One's three and one's one, so love them. And I just need to take this opportunity to send my love and, and thoughts and everything back to Kasey and Layla who live in Harwater And uh, they're my first two kids and I love them as well with all my heart. My My beautiful daughter is finishing school in New Zealand this year and actually moving over to me next year, Mac. So she's going to come and join us here in Australia and finish her schooling and and university here. So I can't wait for that. And there's just so many, so oh, just, uh, I've been happy ever since, but I just, there's so many things like, um, like I I was never able to be a real hands-on father with them because I was at the point in my career when they were born that uh, I had done so much, and um, I had to ride so much, but now, with this injury, I'm hands on with cash and and Kai, and um jeez, I don't know how um females the mothers <laughs> i just t- I just take my hat <laughs> off too uh, and, and I can never thank Candace and Lauren enough for what they do for the kids and all mothers to, to that know what they do for their children because it's it's not an easy job Mac
0: <laughs> no yes I know that um, having a couple myself hey Mickey I've got to ask the question I know you got Al his first group one and and that was a real proud moment for you but throughout your career you've rid, ridden 2,000 of them across the world what's the what's the one that you just you just can't get out of your mind as the as the one that stands out what's the highlight
1: Jeez, um, there's a lot. Like, those 25 group ones, every single one of them, I, I enjoyed Um If you remember, like, probably Sir Patrick Hogan uh, was winning my first ever group one, the, the Wellington Cup. And the thing that I take out of it, Mac, is because I got off that horse to ride, bluebird the word, leading into the uh, Wellington Cup. Paris Road, Smiling Light. And I got enjoyment and and so much satisfaction out of Sir Patrick Hogan. He gave me the opportunity to ride her again, to get back on and ride her in the Wellington Cup. Well, that was my first group one winner. So the satisfaction of of doing that for such a um, high profile person and a loving person Someone who'd done so much for the industry um, worldwide, Patrick Hogan, that'd be one for me that is right up there. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of Waitara people there that day. that were in the crowd and they say, hey, cars, and yelling <laughs> out to me. And even when I won the derby or military move, my mate, Sean Cooper from Waitara, who's over here and now he's the champion picnic jockey here in Melbourne, you can see I come back without my colour cap on. Well, that day he was in cars, and I threw my colour cap to him in the crowd. So there's there's so many, mm. um, uh, so many moments I, I can never point one that is really going to stick out. There's just a couple that I'd say that I enjoyed, and just as I've said, you know, any race I won was enjoyable because I got to see. The um, enjoyment and the, and the, such the, the smiles on owners' faces and connections, you know, owners, trainers and the people that do all the work in the stables, the staff who actually do the work and make us jockeys look good because they, they do all the work just to see the um, enjoyment in their faces was amazing.
2: Oh, beautiful words, Michael, and I don't reckon you needed many other people to make you look good. Uh, as I said, one of the most stylish jockeys, and I was screaming you home on Sher- Sherwood Forest in the Derby a few years back, and oh, that was an absolute peach getting it to the best part of the track for Pikey. It was such a good ride, so so many, too many to go through individually. Thanks so much for chatting to us this morning. It's um,
0: great to catch up, and Kempy. I know you've got a lot of time for this great lad. Yeah, no, nah, Mickey, thanks a lot for coming on this morning, mate. We'll, we'll stay in touch, and um, all the best with the recovery, especially uh, now mm-hmm. that you have to stay home change nappies, mate. I'm, I know you'll become a <laughs> professional at that. But uh, thanks for joining us on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast this morning.
1: I can do that with my eyes closed now, Mac. But, well, um, open them. You'll
0: have cleaner hands.
1: <laughs> I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone. Thank all the owners, trainers, supporters on and off the track, uh, family friends and Mac you, because you were a person that from our town, Waitara that I looked up to and I idolized. Um, I want to thank you, uh, bull and someone I call close, very, very, very close to my heart, Bobby Sharrick. I love you, bro. And like he always used to say, say to me, one fine day don't make a summer. So I lived by that and, um, love you, Bobby. And I remember you forever. Thanks Mickey. Well said.
0: Go well, brother. Thanks. We'll talk soon.
1: Thanks brother. There you go,
0: Mickey yeah. Walker, the legend. The le- and I, I, I honestly mean it. I was speaking to Butch Castles last night. Mickey Walker has to be on everyone's lips as like an all-time immortal. He has to be in the. He has to be immortalized as one of the greatest riders we've ever had. When you've got, um, when you've got our the world's best jockey coming out, and we know who that is, is a Kiwi, and says, well, "I used to watch Mickey Walker, and he's the be- one of the best I've ever seen." Well. That's a pretty big one to, to take to boot.
2: Can't say anything more, Kimpy. Michael Walker, legend.